And so as I did that, I did an experiment. I would meditate a few days, ever looking for that divine essence, and then seeing how that action carried through the day. And was I able to stay more present in that loving? Was I able to open my eyes and get up and go start the day and be in that loving presence? Or was I not? Did I slip into old patterns? Did I slip into an action of getting caught up in the things of the world more? Or did I stay more present? And then every few days, I would meditate. I would get up and I would do other things and I wouldn't meditate on purpose. And I found that during the day, I found myself a little bit more irritable. I found myself a little bit more caught up in the things in my list that I wanted to get done. Even though on a vacation you're not supposed to have lists and there's not things to be done, it seemed like on those days there were all these little things that were irritated in me that wanted to be expressed, wanted to get done, had to do this now. And I had a timeline running inside that during the days of meditation just didn't seem to run. There was a quiet, a peace, a joy, a loving that was like a movement of water that I was rising on, riding on where on the days that I didn't meditate, I was walking on a trail that was rather sticky and bumpy and a lot of rocks and pebbles to trip on. And so I found that for me, meditation really is a very good start of my day to connect into that truth, to wake up into that truth, to live into that truth, and then to get up and do the truth of the loving of my soul during the day. And it also was interesting because when I was, on the days that I meditated, I found that when I did get distracted, when I did get caught up in the things, it was easier for me to choose back into that loving and to just let go of those disturbances. And there were disturbances. I mean, sometimes there's noises in hotels that just start getting on your nerves. You wonder why they're doing that again. We were in, a, in our timeshare. On one side, there's a closet that's off to a, one side, and there was this couple that was there for one week. And it was amazing how many times they had to go into their closet. <laughs> I, I mean, I go into my closet in the morning, I open the door, I get things out, I close the door, and that's the last time I'm in the closet for that day. But <laughs> this couple, I swear, every five minutes, they were opening and closing, and it was a sliding door, and they would just slam it shut. And you'd hear it. And it would be jarring, especially if you were meditating in the morning and it was like, okay, we're starting the day that way again. And so I don't know if you've ever been in a hotel where you've had that happen, but it's, it's an interesting process for me anyway. So I found that on those days where I did my meditation, those things I could just let go of. I didn't even really hook into them. And if anything, I just felt this blessing go to them you know, for whatever reason, it would just this light would just go out and just reach out to them. But on those days I didn't meditate, every time they slammed the door, it was like ah, one more thing that just pulled me from my center, pulled me from my quiet, got me upset. Why are they doing that? I'm going to go over and talk to them. <laughs> you know, and so I realized how important it was for me, for myself, to find that place of centeredness. So on the days I didn't meditate, I began to pay attention to where is that center of my loving. And 
it was very interesting because I was looking outside myself for the reference of loving, for the reference of where to find that center. Now, I know better than that. I know better than that. I talk about not doing that. But I did it anyway. It just seemed automatic to start looking out there for the loving, for something to fill me up. And when I caught myself looking out, I always had to remind myself, nope, it's inside. Let's find it inside. And so I found that unless I sat down and just got still, I could have my eyes open, but got still, I really kept getting caught up in the outer world. This was in the beginning of this trip and in the beginning of this experiment. So I just sat down. I'd go to the car. I'd sit down. I'd sit on the bench in the shopping center or wherever we were and just get centered. I'd, I'd tell Brian, go and take care of that, and I'll just do this for a minute, which was interesting because I found that as soon as I sat down, the centeredness of loving, that stillness of the soul was present. All I had to do was still myself to find it. In the past, I've talked about this thin thread that oftentimes we discover when we begin to meditate, this thin thread that hangs in our consciousness that is really our centeredness, that connection to the divine flow of love that we are. And it runs throughout all the levels of our consciousness, from soul all the way through. But it's so small in the beginning and it's so challenging to find it and to hold on to it because it is so thin and it isn't so much a part of this creation that oftentimes we miss it. We just walk right by it. We don't even feel it. We don't see it. We don't hear it. We don't know it. And yet all the time we're going back and forth in our consciousness trying to find something that is loving, something that is peaceful, something that is joyful. And I've often talked about how if we will just sit in our meditation and go inside, we'll begin to center ourselves. We'll begin to find that thread hanging in our consciousness, just waiting for us to grab hold. But even when we grab hold, we find that it's so small at times that it just slips right out and off we go again into the world, getting caught up and trying to reach for something else. But after a while, that consciousness of loving, that thread will become thicker and thicker until it's a rope and it's a cable and it just gets larger and larger until it becomes a column of loving that you live in all the time. Well, it was interesting. I know that. I live in that. I know that really and truly if I live in the loving, if I live connected to the awareness of that, that there's no way now that I can step out of it that it is that encompassing of my consciousness. This is who I am now. I'm not that thin thread. That thread is now a column of loving that exists, that is me. But here I was, walking through the streets of Maui, driving through the streets of Maui, walking through my rooms in the condo that we have in the timeshare, looking for the loving, looking for the centeredness, looking for that thread, wondering where did it go? How did I lose it on these days that I didn't meditate? 
And then I realized something very profound, that I, early on in this experiment, had looked outside myself and become aware of the joy of the soul in all these people and the expression of that joy in the people in the moment. And I was aware of this man and his soul and its essence of loving. And I was aware of his irritation and his upsetness and his expression in his daily life. And I somehow or other lost my focus of my centeredness and began to look out on them and their souls as an expression that I now wanted to connect into. Does that make sense? And what happened was something very profound. I realized that it's very easy for all of us to get caught up in other people's journeys. We see somebody in their joy, in their happiness, in their life, and we want that. Why, why am I not there right now? Why don't I have that sensation? Why am I not in that kind of a family setting or whatever it might be? And we see somebody else in their irritation. And if we're not careful, we're going to get irritated with them and lose our reference point for our own truth again because we're focused out here. Just as I was getting irritated with the doors slamming constantly. So I realized something, and it was very profound for me because I talk all the time about living from within, living in that centeredness, holding an inner focus. And this was a good experience for me to realize all the little tricks of the world and all the games that our consciousness plays and how easy it is to lose sight of our truth. Even if we stand in this huge column of loving that ever is surrounding us and that in truth we cannot step out of, I found something very profound. We can look out of it and we can reference ourselves out of it and in that way we're not living in it anymore. It was just, I don't know if, if it sounds profound to you or not, but it was the most powerful moment when I realized all this time I've talked about how you can build this column of loving so big that there's no way you can step out of it. No way that anybody can grab a hold of you and pull you out of it because all you're going to do is just be moving into the greater column of your loving. But I didn't ever have the experience before where I realized how easy it is to reference yourself out of that column of loving by thinking yourself, knowing yourself out there somewhere in somebody else's experience rather than in your own. And so I realized that for me, I'm still in the experiment. I'm still learning a lot about this process. And for me, I realized that there's a whole other level that I'm going to be sharing about when I share about meditation, when I share about the loving of the soul, when I share about staying in your centeredness, when I share about holding on to that cord, that rope, that cable, until finally it becomes a column of loving that you are ever living in, and there is no way you can step out of it. I'm going to have a new level of reference to talk about how not to also refer yourself out of your column of loving and place yourself, your consciousness outside of it. Because you can. I did. I saw it. I saw it 
several times during those three weeks to a point that it got irritating. It got really irritating with me because I realized that I still have work to do. And that's something for all of us to be aware of. As long as we're in a body, we have work to do on all levels of consciousness, including the spiritual. There isn't a day where we aren't ever to stay present in the loving, stay present on God, put God first and God only, and live in that as best we can in every moment of every day, every breath, every day. And I do know now that it is ever in the moment, staying present, staying focused on God, staying focused on the loving that we are, and being okay if we find ourselves referencing outside of that loving, living outside of that for the moment, getting caught up in other things. And I also know, don't play a game on yourself. Don't think, well, I've been meditating for so many years now. You know, I've done it. I've gotten to soul. I've gotten to this. I've, I'm, I'm this. I'm that. I'm aware of these things. I see this. I know that. I feel this. And think that you've done it. Now you don't have to meditate. You can go on and do other things. I wish that was true, but it's not. As long as you're in a body, there's more work to do. As long as you're in a body, it's ever keep God first. Because there's so many other gods in this creation that are ever calling upon us saying, no, 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 now me, I get to be first. Don't forget about me, I'm first. There's ever that taking place every moment of every day in us and around us. And so it's up to us to really pay attention, to really pay attention and put God first in all things every day, every moment of every day as best we can. And be aware, you know, it's a great illusion of this creation that once you've reached spiritual enlightenment, now you're a spiritually enlightened being and there's nothing to worry about, it's all taken care of, and that's it. That's the illusion of this world, just like the perfect family is the illusion of this world. The illusion of this world is just that, it's an illusion. The truth is, as long as you're in this creation, soul experiencing this creation, there are opportunities of learning to be had. And there are opportunities of choice, choosing the left or the right, the positive or the negative, the good or the bad, the up or the down, the in or the out. And so... It's pay attention to your choices that you're making every day in your walk, in your life, in your meditation. And do all that you can to put God first in everything. And let it be okay if you fall, if you falter, if you don't meditate in a day. If you find out you're not the great spiritual illumined being that lives 24 hours a day in the light and presence of God. Let that be okay. Be happy if you're living in that just a few minutes of the day. Be joyful if God is present with you in your meditation and in moments of your day as you walk through it, as you sleep through it. 
and allow yourself the opportunity to learn from your daily experience. Don't get lazy. Wake up. Stay present throughout the day and see, well, what's happening here? What's the opportunity here? What's the learning here? What's the choices here? And really let life be what it's meant to be. An opportunity for the soul to have full experience here so that it discovers and comes into the greater knowing of its own full potential as a creative essence of God. So as it becomes a creative expression of God in its fullest expression, it is a loving, living essence of the Lord being fulfilled on all levels, all realms of all creations. Not just this creation, but throughout all the levels of creations. And if you could see that, you would be amazed. This universe that we call the physical creation, these realms that we talk about that make up this physical universe are so small in comparison to all that does truly exist in all of God's creations. And yet, this physical realm itself is gigantic. It's so big that the mind at this level cannot even comprehend it all. It's still struggling to try to understand it. But at the soul level, it looks up and it just is an amazement of the beauty and the wonder of God's creation. Not at this level, but at all the levels of all the realms, of all the universes, of all the creations. And the soul is able to go into all of them and have experience in all of them and be in the wonder and the awe and the loving in all of them. And the doorway into that is right here, right now, in this level of creation. Because in order to have access to all those other levels and realms, boy, I just looked into one that was just unbelievable. I've got to get back here. That's when you just want to go. (laughs) Didn't know I was going to look up that and see that. But anyway. They're just so beautiful. Sometimes it's a little challenging staying here. I'm going to get myself back for just a second. Okay. Oh, okay, I'm back. (laughs) 
I went a little too far out trying to talk about it. <laughs> it's fun to do it in meditation. But it's not good when you have your eyes open trying to share because it's a little hard to do both. So at this level, it is a doorway into those other levels which I'm not going to look up to. <laughs> uh, the soul is here to come into a greater knowing of its creative potential, to begin to live that creativity to its fullest. And at this level is where we learn about creativity. We live in a world of polarity. And in that polarity, we can make all kinds of choices. They look like good and bad. They look like right and wrong. They look like all kinds of things. They look like powerful and weak. But in all those choices, we learn the fullness of the power of creativity. And in the action of that creative that we do in all of that, in this level of creation, physically, imaginationally, emotionally, mentally, and un unconscious, we learn about the true power of creativity is loving. And who we are as divine soul is loving. So in order to truly learn about the full power of creativity and to live that fully, we have to discover, we will discover, we do discover our potential, our fullness as soul, as loving. And then we become powerful creators at this level. We come and fulfill creatively, lovingly, joyfully. And in that way, we are fulfilled. And then God calls us home. God calls us to a place of initiation where we get the sacred name inside placed. And that path is anchored now between from the physical seat of the soul, all the way up to the center of the soul itself in the soul realm. And from there, all the way up into the very heart of God. It starts here. This is a doorway into all of that. But then what happens when we are fulfilled, when we have fulfilled that creative potential and are manifesting it, expressing it, living it as living, loving essence of the Lord, creatively, and we leave this creation finally and fully and never come back to it, the soul has opportunity to go into all those other realms, all those other universes, all those other creations that is unbelievable compared to this. Unbelievable. I mean, there's no way to say it, to speak it, to share it with you, other than to say it is beyond belief. You cannot imagine it. You cannot think it. You cannot feel it. And you cannot take this body there to find it. Only your soul can go to these places. And only a soul that has fulfilled itself here and discovered its true loving and is doing that loving action in creation, creatively, manifesting that loving in all that it does, in all that it shares, in all that it does in this creation, in all the realms of this creation. 
And then you can take all of that into these other realms and just fulfill and live and be the divine, living, loving essence there. So this is an opportunity. This is why the soul comes here, because this is an opportunity. This isn't a punishment. This is opportunity for the soul to come into its greater manifestation, to come into its greater expression, so that then it can go and fulfill God in all the ways God wants to fulfill God in all these different places. So much more beautiful, so much more wonderful. And I have to put it this way. Once you've experienced that, it is challenging to come back here. It truly is. But you come back here if God says to, to do what God wants. It's just a blessing to know that that's there for you when you're in meditation or when the day comes that you take your final breath and you can go. And that's what this is about. I want you to fulfill yourself at these levels so that when that day comes that you take your final breath, that's where you're going to go. That place that I long to go home to, that Brian longs to go home to, that you're longing to go home to but don't even realize what it really is you're longing for yet. That's where you're going to go. Do your meditation and then carry that meditation, that loving that is the soul that you know in meditation, into your daily life and live it, fulfill it, manifest it, create it. Create a life that is loving and joyful and peaceful. Be loving, accepting, and forgiving. Be responsible for every action and reaction. And live your life in a way that God is truly walking with you consciously in everything you do. Where God is a partner with you in this journey home. That you know you're not alone. It's not that you don't hope and wish and pray and have faith, but you know. There's a big difference between hoping, wishing, faithing, and knowing. So wake up. Wake up inside. Spend time every day. Just sit there and say, Lord, Lord, I love you. I am loving with you. I am opening to receive your loving. I am here as a child of yours. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to wake up inside. But you, the living Lord in me, knows how to do it. Wake me up. Bring me home. Wake me up. Fulfill in me, through me, around me. Let the loving essence glow and flow and be and manifest so that we are fulfilled, Lord, here and now and that we can return home. One, now. That's all you want to do in meditation. It's not about trying to figure out what house should you buy, what car should you buy, how much money should you be saving, what job should you go to now, should you stay married or get divorced, should you get married, or anything. When those things come up in your meditation, just say, God bless you, I will deal with you later. I am now waking up in the night, knowing of I, myself and the Lord. 
the Lord first, the Lord only. Just set those things aside and go back to chanting. When you're chanting the name of God, know that you are saying, Lord, I love you. I put you first. I am opening to receive your loving. I am making myself vulnerable and allowing you into my life. I'm inviting you into my life. I'm inviting you into this meditation. Wake me up inside and bring me into the knowing of who I truly am. Merge me into my own soul that I live from there now. That is what this is about. That's what this life is about. It's not about this world. It's not about the things of this world. You may live your life in total poverty and live a life awake in soul. And people will look at you and go, well, they must not be very spiritual because they don't have very much in their life. But all you have to do is look up and you know your wealth. You know your abundance. You know your value. And you may look out there and see somebody living in great wealth and having everything that the world has to offer and wonder, why not me? Why do they have that and I don't? They must be doing something right. I better go follow after them. Well, go find out. But I think you're going to find out that their fulfillment isn't near the great fulfillment that you will have by waking up inside and having the wealth of God, the loving of God, the abundance of God inside you, living in you, through you, and around you. So I really want to be in that place that I looked up to earlier and be there with you, rejoicing that now we're there. We don't have to be here anymore. We don't have to do this anymore. I want to be there with you walking with you, playing with you, rejoicing with you in the essence that is God in you, there at that level of God's creation. You know, and the great joy is, and I'm, I'm going to say this over and over all the time for the rest of this creation, so just get used to it. I already know something even greater than that, and that is that you live in the heart of God right now, I live in the heart of God right now. We are both awake in the heart of God right now. We are living that. We are loving that. We are rejoicing in that. And that's the truth. And I know that. I can see that. And it was fun in Maui to look up and to see that in another way. And also to see the other side of that action and how easy it is to lose our awareness of that. How easy it is to give it away. How easy it is to believe, well, you know, I've done all these meditations, I've been in soul, I've been in all these other realms. What do I have to worry about? you got a physical body. And your physical body has certain things running called a mind and emotions and all that other stuff. And it can ever, ever, ever pull the soul's attention away from the truth of itself and get caught back up in this creation. All you have to do is go back into the mind and go, what? Why? Where? And the mind goes, ah, I gotcha. Now, another 10 million years and we'll see. We'll see then if you get free. 
I kid you not. I kid you not. Ten million years is nothing. Think about it. This universe, this creation that we live in now, this that we call the universe, is only 15 billion years old. Only. <laughs> yes, only 15 billion years old. This solar system is only 4 billion years old. And this is only one of many creations of this universe and of a solar system that we have been involved in. So 10 million years is nothing when we're talking about this level of creation and the movement of time and space and how it moves through its levels of expression and unexpression and how that soul that is caught up in it ever is moving with those waves of manifestation and unmanifestation. And I could go on and on and on about that, but it would be a longer discussion than what we have here tonight available. So when you meditate, Pay attention to where you're focusing. Hold your attention to the seat of the soul here at the spiritual eye center, the third eye center. Hold your attention above the mind and above all that is of this physical form creation. And allow yourself just to be in loving with the Lord. And when you get distracted, go back to chanting the hue or the anahu. Chant the name of God over and over and over so you find that place of centeredness, find that place of peace, find that time where quiet comes. And then listen. Listen for the sound that is the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, calling the soul home. Look and see the light of the Lord showing its light upon the path for you to walk. Follow that light that will take you upon that path in that journey home. Follow the sound and it will direct you right into the very heart of God because that's where it comes from. It came out of the heart of God in the moment of creation and we are the creation and we are the creative expression and that same sound will take us back to the very center and the heart of God. To be fully manifested creative spiritual, loving beings that is God in the manifestation, God in expression. Begin to walk your day and let yourself know I am the living, loving essence of the Lord. You know, when I would walk down the hallways in elementary school and junior high and high school, there were often times when I was pretty much by myself. Even though everybody's running around and talking to all their friends, I was kind of on the outside of everything. I didn't fit into any of the cliques. And that was okay, but it was kind of lonely. So I would just walk down from one class to the other, walking through the hall, walking to school, walking back home, and every step I would just say, I am the living, loving essence of the Lord. I am the living, loving essence of the Lord. Just reminding myself, that it's okay if I'm alone in the world because of who I am. 
The world doesn't understand, and the world doesn't know how to involve you in it. And that's okay. So find a way to do that. It's not just in the time of meditation. It's all day long. Find ways to remind yourself that you are the living, loving essence of the Lord. You are a child of God. When you pray, say that. Lord, here I am, your living, loving essence of the Lord. Here I am, your living child. Now what are you going to do with me? <laughs> going to help me so I can get out of here so I don't have to do this anymore and mess your little creations up? <laughs> well, I've done all kinds of things. I've complained to God. I've yelled at God. I've loved God. I've waited for God. I've done everything. Trying to tempt him, trying to tease him, trying to get him involved when I didn't think he was. And all the time, God is ever-present with us as the movement of the Holy Spirit in that sound current, ever-present with us. It's up to us to just be patient and to be observing and to be persevering in our meditation so that we wake up into that which is truly here right now. For eons of time, we have looked away from the center. We have looked away from the Lord. What is the definition I've said is sin? To look away from the source or to look away from the light. And that's what we've done. And to repent is to turn back toward the source or the light. Meditation is our repentance. That is our opportunity to repent and to stop sinning. Stop turning away and start turning back into the Lord. And then to take that into our daily life. And when you do find yourself sinning in the world, looking away from the Lord, looking away from the source of truth and loving, repent. Do just like all the Christian churches tell you to do. Repent. I have for years. I just turn back to God and say, oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I forgot. It's you first. Only you. And when I have done that, it's wonderful. And I'll close on this little note. One of the first times I realized how wonderful it is to put God first, I was in third grade. No, I was in fourth grade. And we were doing a test on multiplication with fractions. I had no idea what I was doing. Didn't understand it at all. I'm all upset and I'm crying out inside to God, 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 come on, you've got to help me. You've got to, you've got to. Well, it just got worse. My mind got more bogged down. I couldn't make any sense of anything that was on the test. The time was running out and I'm going, oh my God, I'm going to just flunk this royally. I have no idea what to put on this piece of paper. And then I just gave up. I finally just gave up and I said, Lord, you know, I'm just going to hold to you. I'm just going to love you. I'm going to put you first. I'm not going to worry about this test. And as I did that, all of a sudden, I heard the teacher's voice coming in to me. And at first, I thought actually she was like standing there watching me doing nothing on the paper. But she wasn't. I could hear her voice, and it was giving me the answers to all the questions, all the equations that I had to figure out, they were there. 
And so I just started writing them all down very quickly, trying to get finished. And all of a sudden, I was done, and everybody else was still working and doing all this stuff. And so I was done, and the test for me was over, and I'm sitting there, and I'm still thinking about God first and just thanking God for this opportunity and not even realizing what really had happened until the teacher came back because I wasn't doing anything. And everybody else was still working, and she came back, and she says, are you already done? And I said, yes. And she said, oh, well, let's see. And she took it back up to her desk, and I didn't even really think much about it. And she came back, and she said, so how did you come up with these answers? This was after the test was over. She asked me, she said, how did you come up with these answers for this, for all this? And I said, well, I just looked at them, and I just knew the answers. I could just see how to work it, and, and it just worked itself out very quickly. And she said, so do you have your worksheet to turn in with the test? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I was supposed to turn in a worksheet to show how I came up with the answers. <laughs> well, the voice didn't tell me that. <laughs> so she's looking at me and she said, so, you know, how did you come up with the answers so quickly? I mean, did you figure them out in your head? Well, I said, well, sort of, because <laughs> it was in my head. I kind of put them down as I heard them. But I couldn't tell her. I mean, how do you explain this? And so I just, inside, I was kind of, again, a little bit frantic. And, and I said, okay, Lord, you know, I put you first and this happened. I'm going to put you first again because I don't know what to do with this. I was just doing this inside. I was praying inside, just putting God first, you know, resolve this, please. And so she was looking at the test and she's looking at me and she takes my math book and she opens it trying to see if I have anything in there written or anything or a piece of paper where I'd have gotten the answer from somebody, I guess. And she closes the book up and she goes, well, I'll tell you what, you must have been praying real hard to get these answers like this. And I said, I was, I was. She said, well, your prayers paid off. You get an A. And that was it. And my answer came. So put God first, and all the all the tests are hundreds. <laughs> and so that was my, my beginning journey of how to pass this school. <laughs> put God first. Did you teach your dad? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I've got a lot of stories about how I got through school. <laughs> oh, So that's how I would put God first. So God is the answer. Yeah, God's the answer. <laughs> So it was, it's, a, it's a fun journey, and thank you all for being here tonight, and thank you for allowing me to be in that space for a moment. You know, to be able to go there just for a second is such a wonderful thing. And I just want to see you all there so much. So thank you all very much, and we'll see you all next Tuesday night. And i and see some of you Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, rather, for the... Abundance class. Howdy, how? Do you have?